It's the two sexy Puerto Rican studs, Ortiz Santana, repping that, that LAX 5150. My vision is 2020. You want our 2020 podcast? Y'all listening to that 20 by 20 podcast, the best of wrestling, the best of hip hop. Check it out. Boom. Ow! 2020 podcast, bro. What? 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 This is, this is, this is episode 109 Damn. of the 20 by 20 podcast. And I'm yours, Nathan McFly with. Yo, fuck the 109 precinct. I'm going to just say that. Word, word. It's defund the 109 precinct. Nah, nah, but it is episode 109 of the 20 by 20 podcast. Nothing yeah, to do with the exactly. precinct. It's Shenanigan nigga Woodrow, man. What's poppin', man? Quarantine poppy week fucking 48. You know what's funny is that, like, I think it was like a week or two ago, you're like, yo, fuck this quarantine poppy shit. I need to go outside. Yeah, but then I shaved my little beard up, and now I'm fucking back to quarantine poppy. <laughs> I'm back to feeling myself again. How you feeling, bro? No, on all, in all sincerity, bro. How's everything going? I mean, yo, Marvin Gaye. I mean, uh, my man um, Al Green said it the best. Uh huh. Good or bad, happy and sad. That's exactly how I'm feeling, bro. Tomorrow I plan on um, Friday on Juneteenth. I'm gonna uh, hit the streets for the first time. Okay. Check, you know, go to some protests. Nice. And meet up with some people. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, hopefully build, you know, be out there peaceful. You know, okay. I'm, I'm, hopefully I learned something, which is which is my goal. You know what I'm saying? Learn something and all this. And hopefully I can provide, you know, some 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 insight for people too. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, man, I, I, I really wish that I could be there for all the protests and stuff like that, but just working in the DOE and working with, you know, the district that's basically needy towards uh, the special needs kids, District 75, I, I got to be there for them at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? I got to be there for these kids. Hopefully, you know, everything goes well with the summer program and stuff like that, you know, so just, you know, I, I at the end of the day, man, I, I'm thinking about not only the protesters, but also the the younger generation coming up that uh, okay. feel very strongly about what's going on right now and trying to make sure that they're good for for the future that's coming. You know what I'm saying? Not and, for you, bro. Everybody got a part to play in this fight. Yeah, man. And um, I think us here at the 20 by 20 storylines tease. We are doing the most that we can, you know, um, if you don't mind me saying, uh, you know, we, we did a little donation towards bold, which is black organization for leadership and dignity. And a lot of the stuff that they're doing is, you know, funding the front lines, funding kids who are trying to go to school and be better not only be better but better this country and their views of people of color and i i think this this organization we're going to work a lot closely with i don't want to say a mu- i don't want to say too much now but there's a lot of stuff that we got into the we got into the works 
where we're gonna, you know, we're gonna be right there, man. We're not might we might not be in the front lines, but we're gonna be there trying to support all our peoples and everything that's going down right now. And everybody should just have, you know, that third eye open to yeah, to uh a lot of these organizations they say they're for us when they're not. And a lot of these organizations that are just making these moves right now because it seems like a trending topic. So, you know, just do keep it. Keep, yeah, exactly. Do it for clout. You know, they ain't even got Cesaro and they doing it for clout. But, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, just keep that third eye open and keep yourselves, you know, open for more information coming down the line, not only from us, just from everybody in itself. And, you know, just keep aware of things. Be very, very aware of everything that's going down. Word up. You know what I'm saying? That's, so that's that's literally what's going on right now. Everybody's kind of awakening to the truth. Mm-hmm. Everything that's going down, and you know, everybody got their little part to play. Yeah. Uh, towards the bigger picture. So yeah, I'm excited. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, nervous. No, yeah. nervous. Nervous indeed. Nervous indeed. You know, and another thing that I just want to say real quickly. I know that our podcast focuses mainly on the sports entertainment that we love, which is pro wrestling and hip hop in itself. But, you know, I notice us talking about certain situations that's going on within the current climate of the world has, you know, dropped the viewership somewhat. You know what I'm saying? But it is what it is. And I feel like us being you know being us bro being black you know what i'm being saying regardless being, yeah being melanin you know what i'm saying like we got to talk about this you know we got a platform where i mean might not be thousands of listeners but you know we're, we're getting over we're getting over that hundred mark you know what i'm saying and i feel like whatever we could do on our our end is going to help somewhat might not even be a percentage, but something, you know what I'm saying? Maybe somebody thinks differently towards the situation that's going on, you know, towards a positive trend, you know, whoever. Yeah, we just, we, you know, we're going to speak our truth and we're going to talk about the things that are important to us Definitely. Uh, besides wrestling and hip hop. Um, you know, and obviously in the times that went right now, like there's just no way not to talk about it because we're feeling it and we're thinking about it and we're constantly having these conversations with our friends and our friends. Yeah. So it's like we can't ignore it just because, you know, we have a wrestling podcast. Like, unfortunately, you motherfuckers going to have to listen to this. Yes. And hopefully, you know, the information we do give you and and the commentary that we do give you and, and provide on this podcast, um, you guys take it uh, with love and understanding because that's, you know, that's just what, what we try to bring in everything. Exactly, man. Exactly. So um, just hoping for the best, you know. And, yeah, man, if you guys want to donate to the organization, that we're donating towards, that we're we're trying to work closely in hand with, uh, hit us on our DMs. You know, you already know, twenty by twenty podcast on Instagram, twenty by twenty underscore podcast at Twitter. 
You can hit us up individually, SM.2, Nathan McFly, on all platforms. That's where we're at. And you can hit us on, you know, on the side, be like, yo, you know, I'm with this, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, we, we get something going on. We get something working, you know what I'm saying? We're just trying to help out the communities that are in need, man. And the people that are in need for having us there. Like, we, every, like, they... <sighs> Damn, man, it, it's it's kind of hard to talk about it and saying that, you know, like we're in need. Nah, I mean, you know, like we're fighting. You know what I'm saying? We're out here yeah. fighting. And <clears throat> if you want to give to the cause, I guess you could say. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't even know what what's like the, 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 the perfect way to say it. You know what I'm saying? Or you could check out their, their website directly, yes. boldorganizing.org. Yes, yes, please do, please do. You know what I mean? And they give you links there if if that's not the organization that, you know, you want to send your money towards. If there's others for the cause, you know, there's others there as well. Good shit, bro. Yeah, man, you know, we out here, bro. We out here trying to do everything for everybody, man. We're for the people. Like we always said, man, 20 by 20 podcast is for the people, bro. Everything we do is for the people. So, let's, uh, you know, let's skate into the wrestling part of this situation. Uh, the big news, big news. Besides, we before we get into backlash and everything, big news. Uh, developmental talent got tested positive for COVID. Mm. And this is big because... We have big stars within well, WWE. Well, let me ask you real quick. When when they say um, a developmental talent, what does that mean exactly? Somebody that's in the PC. Somebody that's actually training in order to go to NXT before going into the main roster. So we're, we're talking about, like, you know, let's say uh, a college student, you know, before going into grad school and shit. You know what I'm saying? So he's not he's not an NXT yet. No, he's not he's not a live performer. No, he's none of that. Is he in the audience? Is he part of the audience? Group? So what they said was he wasn't part of the audience. They said he wasn't. He wasn't part of the audience. Hmm. It's just somebody from the developmental system tested positive. Interesting. So when this you know when this comes to light and this goes into to the media. The first thing on everybody's mind is, all right, y'all, was he there? Was he there when the Street Profits went nuts in the, in the audience and those other shit? They're saying that he wasn't. But this is not the first time somebody's tested positive within the organization as a whole. Because in the beginning, there was, there was you know, like a backstage person, somebody, I guess, holding, you know, cameraman or whatever it may be had tested positive for COVID. So WWE try to have strict guidelines towards uh was it uh WCC or the CC or whatever the fuck it is. What do you mean? The, um the, the, the CDC? World? Huh? The CDC? Yeah. So mm-hmm. they followed they followed guidelines and restrictions and all that before they opened up Florida again. Okay. That's one that was like really nobody there. It's probably one or two cameramen, 
not even, you know, commentary or whatever it may be. And then they started loosening up a little bit going into this uh, last pay-per-view. They had backlash. A lot of the talent didn't know that there was going to be friends and family of, you know, the, the talent in attendance. They said they kept it under 20% of what the, what, what the population of the building was supposed to be. They kept it under that. They were like at 17, 18%, some shit like that, they said. But at the end of the day, not telling your talent that extra people are going to be there. Having somebody from the developmental system catch the virus. Like, how, how does this make your talent, especially the ones that are going to make you money, the top talent, how does this make them feel safe to come to work? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like, you know, they're, they're really, they're really starting to think about shit and question shit. And then you got Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns from the get was like, yo, Roman Reigns said like, yo, fuck the WrestleMania payday. I got three kids at home. I'm very vulnerable to what's going down because of like, cancer. You I'm going to just for it. I told you. I told you they was going to come through with the Sita. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I said the Sita. <laughs> no, nah, like, yo, like, I mean, somebody's bound to have it, bro. It's out there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a big organization. Yeah. Like, somebody's bound to have it. So, I, I get, I get it. Like, there's just no way to really avoid it. Somebody's always going to go wrong. serious but and then it's like you know now Kevin Owens is not showing up for tapings I know how you feel about Kevin Owens so let's just take the whole stunner shit out of the equation just him as a talent and him being as important as he is to the business itself like that's a big that's a that you know that's a big blow for for WWE because he's in, you know, he's in a segment with Zelina Vega, Zelina Vega's crew, and him being in that segment with them, you know, with Andrade and Angel Garza and Zelina in itself, it doesn't feel like a mid card segment. You know what I'm saying? Like it feels like something of importance. Right. So not having them there, like kind of like it, it really dilutes it to the point where like. Now you're you're starting to rely on this talent that you have there who's very, very talented in Andrade and Angel Garza. But it's like, all right, who are they gonna who are they gonna feast on or who are they gonna actually, you know, go back and forth with? There's really no else there. Ali. And then question comes in, where the fuck the hackers been, bro? <laughs> Seriously. But Ali's right. coming back. He's coming back to Raw. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of speculation, though, because he got he got switched over from SmackDown to Raw, like, out of nowhere. Nobody, you know, no, no big presentation, no nothing. So, so, so what is um, your man saying, Kevin Owens? He's not, he's not wrestling? No, he just didn't show up. 
Like I think. Oh, he, he didn't probably, show. He just went AWOL. He didn't show up to the to the last um the last couple of TV tapings for this week. Uh, I, like I haven't that. heard anything. I mean, I'm, of course, he's probably talked to the heads, the heads of the, uh, the heads of the corporation, and whoever wants to be a fucking journalist or whatever, they're not they're not coming up with anything. They're just coming up with theories, and I'm not going off of those fucking theories. Like, I'm going off of like just logic. Like, all right, cool. Somebody got tested. You know, this came in when. We did this whole taping for this fucking pay-per-view event. I was there. Let me let me just, you know, bring myself out of that situation and see what the fuck is going on. That's what I'm getting from it. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to say that he's never coming back or he's just waiting for shit to clear. He's just getting himself out of this situation because he got kids and a wife at home, bro. You know, like that's how a lot of these people, a lot of a lot of this talent has to think. These individuals got to think like that. Like, yo, they have other people they're going back home to. They're not trying to bring anything to them motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? No, for sure. So, but my thing is, is like, how does the talent that's been sitting out and see this taking place? And then there was a text coming into, um, there's this Twitter handle called WrestleVolt. And this motherfucker has been on point with mad shit for like the last like year or two, right? Mm-hmm. So he puts out a screenshot of somebody he's, you know, conversing with on text. And they're talking about how, like, the whole testing situation and the way it's going down, the shit looks fucking disastrous. Like, it just it just looks like some shit that, like, an indie promotion would be doing. It doesn't look like how WWE is supposed to handle, be, supposedly supposed to be handling the situation. Right. Like, it doesn't look right. And all this other shit. And then supposedly it got better during the day, but in the beginning, there was, like, nobody in charge of shit. There was nothing. So with all this coming out, and then, you know, you're the top talent that's staying at home. Like, how comfortable do you feel, bro, coming back to work? There's you can't no- hold it against them not to come back. I know. There's no comfortability there. No comfortability, bro. Can't blame him. And it's wild, man. It's wild because they're needed. Some of some of the talents there that haven't been there are are really needed. Even just to put over what they're doing now. And going into that, we have uh, rumors about Apollo Crews turning heel, which I love, by the way. <laughs> I love because it has MVP involved. So if you have MVP, Bobby Lashley, Apollo Crews, all you need is a tag team, bro. And the tag team I will put into that is Cedric and Ricochet. Mm. Damn, Ricochet. You know? bro. Fuck it, bro. Talk about how, like, y'all niggas ain't get, getting your time and all this other shit. You know, like, make it good. Because MVP leading that that, that table of four, woof, that'll be something epic, at least for the next couple of months. 
of four black stallions. <laughs> Not horsemen, stallions, right? Facts. How dope would that be, bro? Yeah, that would be fire. You know what that I'm saying? I just hope that if it does work out that way, to where like MVP is just getting him a stable of, you know, black wrestlers, that people don't people don't see it like, oh, this, oh, this is what they're doing. Oh, they're doing it because of the climate and all this other shit. Like, yo, man, just enjoy this. I mean, if it doesn't look forced, you know, and it's not cringeworthy and they actually do something with it, then it could, you know, obviously it could definitely be something. The nation was cringeworthy if you think about it. The the nation was not, never not once cringeworthy. Even when they had two white rappers doing their intro. (laughs) I'm I'm talking about after that when they... They went in on they shit, talking they shit, which was great because we loved it. We loved that shit. But then looking at it now, I'm like, oh, damn. I'm surprised that that got over with everybody. You know what I'm saying? It didn't only get over with, with uh, you know, with, with black people and Spanish. That shit got over with everybody, my nigga. There's a fucking, there's a, there, there's a, the gift file. With, with the white boy putting his fist in the air, he just put his head down like, yo, I'm not worthy. <laughs> nah, it's fire. It's fire. So, like, I feel like if they do it now, it has to be it has to be monitored a little bit because if they do too much, then people are going to say that, you know, oh, they're doing this because of this. I don't want that, bro. Because if those four get together, they're so talented – and if they're on a heel run with MVP there as their fucking mouthpiece, bro. Oh, my God. Hmm. Yo, the shit they can do, bro. At one moment, they could all hold the title. And make it look dominant as fuck. Let's see. Let's see. Wow. I mean, you know. <sighs> I don't know. They're not going to be fucking the nation 2.0? Nah, they got to be something else. They can't They can't run with the nation, the nation name, nothing. They got to run with something. That's going to, you know, this is going to separate them from that, but make them their own and make themselves something. I, I'm not, I can't even give it a name right now. But whatever, whatever name they come with, hopefully MVP. I'm pretty sure MVP got something, bro. Pretty sure of that. But uh, Cedric, uh, Cedric Alexander and Ricochet should have a should name their tag team Black Fist. Ooh. And them niggas should just like come through straight militant or just straight like cocky, but you know what I'm saying? But just mm-hmm. strong, not corny like the Street Profits. Yeah. If they get together, if those four get together, they got to be straight serious. No, no, no sugarcoating, no corn bullshit, bro. Because, man, yo, Ricochet, bro, I'm telling you, that dude, just give that man the fucking opportunity he deserves, bro. Yep. I, I feel that. I feel that. Like, he is a fucking star. Like, he is, he got it, bro. That's just that's one that's one wrestler that when I when I came back to watching wrestling, that when I first saw him in NXT, I was like before they even like put him with um 
Alistair Black and shit. I was like, yo, this dude is, is amazing, bro. Yeah, he's amazing, bro. So it was fucked up the way him and uh, Alexander lost to those two white cats. I remember, like, who, who was that? We don't even remember those names, right? To be honest, I know one of them, not by name, just because of the team that he used to be a part of. Oh, Shane, Shane Thorne. That's his name. The other guy, I don't even know his fucking name. You know what I mean? And you know, was pathetic, I think, bro. I think they were giving him the run because you know they had MVP backing them. But I think what's been going around is that one of them got injured, and you know they're doing a lot of superstars taping. Nobody watches superstars unless they have the WWE network, unless they want to go that deep into shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's the same. It's the same thing with AEW. If you're not on YouTube watching AEW Dark, there's probably shit that you're missing. You know what I'm saying? So that is what it is. And I'm hoping for them to have like a really good run. Oh my God, those four together would be fucking phenomenal, my nigga. Phenomenal, bro. Um, Before we get off uh, the, the WWE news front, the Forgotten Sons have been forgotten, my man. I don't know who, who? The Forgotten Sons. Exactly. No recuerdo. <laughs> I'm glad they took them off TV, man. That was a little, a little, uh, a little dope move right there done. So I'm glad that should happen. A little dope move. What does that mean? Just like, you know, it wasn't really like put out there like that. You know what I'm saying? That them, them saying that they're gonna take them off TV. They just took them off, bro. Like, yo, y'all niggas can't be here, B. Yeah. I feel like, of course, inside of me, I'm like, yo, my nigga, fire this nigga, bro. You know what? Fire all three of them because if they were really chilling with that nigga like that, they knew. What are you talking about, bro? Can you can you can you enlighten all of us, okay. please? So, the Forgotten Sons, Jason Riker, he was the one that put out that that Trump tweet about like, yo, thank you know, he's like, yo, God bless our president for the way he's leading our country. He said all this shit in the midst of like a day or two after George Floyd was fucking killed. R.I.P. R.P. George Floyd. You know what I'm saying? So that struck a lot of nerves as what I'm trying, as what I'm seeing right now. Struck a lot of nerves within the locker room where people are outraged. So the other two, the other two uh, people in that, in that, uh, in that stable of Forgotten Sons, they put out to Twitter how you know, like we don't follow his his thought process, and we don't, you know, we ain't, we ain't about his shit. You know, when we went when we went to war as Marines, you know, we was out here, you know, fighting for all lives. You know, and what he said is, you know, basically what they what they they were just trying to like cast themselves away from what he did, but. What WWE said, but what WWE did was like, you know what? All you guys are together, so all you guys are gonna get thrown in the can. 
and that's it. Mm. That sucks. But my thing is this, man. I know you're not. I know you're taking them off TV. I know that they're not gonna have any type of flow, just like they did with uh, Lars Sullivan. You know what I'm saying? But you're still paying these motherfuckers. Yeah, fuck it. So what okay. good? What good was actually done? I mean, how is it gonna look for Vince, who is also another maga, a maga con? Yeah, so is so is the whole Khan family that owns AEW. Right. So how are they gonna like any of these people go? Like they're not gonna do that. Wild, wild what contracts and theories can do for a person, bro. Again, like Vince McMahon, I'm sure shares those same sentiments that this dude tweeted. So I mean, he's like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Power. You're off TV. I'm still going to pay you. <laughs> like that, right? Exactly. He's basically putting him on desk duty. Oh, my God. But uh, everybody is um, praising AEW. For the way they've been handling the COVID-19 situation, you know, they're testing staff and talent and attendees every Monday. Mind you, their their shows on Wednesday, they're testing everybody every Monday, getting touch results back, making sure that they could uh, perform or be a part of the current, you know, the current TV tapings. Haven't had any positive testings from what we know of while WWE had two that we know of. My thing is this. They're, you know, they put, what was it, about two weeks ago, if I'm not mistaken, um, they had like a whole package in the beginning of their show about Black Lives Matter. They do this with the COVID-19. But when we see in sports entertainment, the people that have endorsed Donald Trump, the person who is basically the poster boy for everything that's going on right now in the world, and you're listed at number three. What the fuck does all this matter? What does it matter that you're doing all this, but yet give money to this guy? What does it really matter? Like, I I want wrestling fans to, to, to think about this, you know? And I know that the, the lighter complexion might not understand it. The darker complexion who fights for this shit who fights for AEW being better than WWE and all this other fucking porqueria. Like, what, what, what is, what, what is your, re, your rebuttal to this, bro? So, like my, my, like my fiance likes to say, 
like Trump is a billionaire. He's a white yes. man billionaire. Yes. Same as Vince McMahon. These dudes are like aliens. They're not fucking, they're not even regular white people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So all those contributions and shit is also, I mean, shout out to Ozark. It's also fucking like, you know, they 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 use it for they use it for their own personal gains. gains. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. But so, this is my thing. But look, look, what this is what I'm trying to get at, my nigga. Is like, why are you getting so hard at Vince for shit, right? When his competition doing the same shit, and you're not saying nothing about these motherfuckers, bro. <laughs> That's my thing. Like, yo, it is fucking bonkers, bro. Bro, you know why that happens too? Because, bro, we're talking about WWE. We're talking about a staple in Russia. What about a fake universe? We're not talking about (laughs) AEW that's just coming on the come up. A lot of people still don't even know about it, don't watch it. Understandable. But at the end of the day, the people that are backing AEW... This is not no little money, my nigga. This is not just like a uh, a nigga from the street or somebody that came up with an organization and the shit just just hit. Like these are people with money. These are people that been had money. These are people that have been. But what I'm saying over money towards the causes fucking our shit up. What look, I'm saying listen, is WWE has more haters. Of course, they're the bigger company. But what's like, what I'm trying to tell you is, my nigga, I understand that. But what really fucks me up in my mind is the company that you're battling for in order to erase WWE, they're the ones doing exactly the same shit. He's rich. Donald Trump is here for the rich. Yo, but how crazy is that, my nigga? That's what I'm, that's, that's where I'm getting at. Like, how crazy is that? Is that, you know, like, wrestling fans are so blind to this shit just because they hate Vince McMahon so much. Just because they hate WWE so much. It's crazy. You know what? I'm I'm sure they're donating because they don't even want fucking Trump to tweet badly about AEW. Cause you go, you, I can already, I can already picture Trump tweeting WWE good, AEW bad, sad. They don't like, even have real talent. It's fake. It's fake exactly. talent. Yeah, Saudi <laughs> Prince. Yeah, terrorists, terrorist money. I know it. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yo, it's ridiculous insane. shit like that. It's insane, my nigga. Insane, bro. Like, when I first started really thinking about this, I'm like, yo, they really cool with the cons giving Trump money, but they're not cool with Vince giving Trump money. Like, they're both, like, oh, I'm my God. You, I, I really believe that then, a lot of these people don't even know who at the, the end of the day, are. At the end of the day, I want to ask everybody that's listening to this episode right now, who is going to cancel wrestling? I'm not talking about canceling an organization. I'm not talking about canceling a company, but who's canceling it all together, bro? Why? Nobody. Because most fans don't give a fuck about that. Exactly. Most people don't give a fuck. No, nobody is so looking then, into every single company they deal with. 
So then this. To see their political stance. So then this. Why bring it to that universe? NWWE's been fucking with Trump for years, bro. He was a part of their fucking shows. Since back, since... Since WrestleMania 4. Yeah. Exactly. So my thing is this. Why bring it in to that universe? Because Vince is a billionaire. No, I'm not talking about Vince. I'm just talking about the fans, bro. Why bring it into that universe? Because these people talk about everything and nothing at the same time, bro. This, yo, this is another thing I be telling my shorty. These people that be commenting, half the time, they don't even fucking feel that way. They just want to be the first to say something. They just want to be able to say it in a certain way. They want to be the first to discover something. They do it for the likes. They do it for the retweets. Like, these people, obviously, are not going to stop fucking with WWE. Like, and if... And if you are, then shout to you. But we can't pretend like Vince and Trump haven't been fucking with each other for years. Exactly. So now... And now, to, and now the, you know, and now the, the information is there that the cons have been fucking with Trump. The cons are the ones that run AEW. You know, like, yo, just the shit that Jericho said with, like, the All Lives Matter shit. And... You know how, you know, Brandy Rhodes, you know, Cody Rhodes's uh, wife came out and she just talked about her own personal struggles. Like she ain't trying to talk about like the struggles in, in a whole. It's just it's just a lot of shit, bro. It's a, it's a lot. I think that's for another another episode. I don't want to get too fucking deep with that shit. But niggas, niggas really got to understand what what it what's there, bro. Like, don't talk about don't talk about shit if you ain't about shit. At the end of the day, bro. I feel you. Don't talk about it because at the, at the end of the day, if you're still giving fucking WWE ten dollars, you're still fucking giving WWE and AEW four hours of your time at least a fucking week, plus maybe buying a fucking pay per view on the AEW side, nigga. Yo, what you what you think, uh, LAX? is thinking or feeling about Jericho and his comments and shit. You think they approached him or you think Jericho... I'm sure Jericho brought it up. Like, hey, you know what I'm saying? Like, I say all lives matter because it shouldn't just be about black lives. I don't mean... I love black people. I mean, I mean, you guys are part of my fucking crew. I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking because they haven't said anything. Why would they, bro? They don't want to fuck their shit up. You know what I'm saying? And... I mean, I know that, you know... At times, yo, they always talk about like their heritage and how proud they are and how proud they are from being from the Bronx and being a you know, being people of color. Like I I understand that. For them to come out at Jericho, that ain't gonna happen. Nah, yeah, they fought hard for this opportunity. And and honestly, like they're being put in the front line of a new promotion, you know what I'm saying? Running with the champ. That's a good look for them, bro. He's, That's not even the he's not even the champ anymore. So it's like, what are you doing with LAX? I've been saying this shit. What the fuck are you doing with these niggas? Like, you have them there losing in six-man tag team matches, losing in certain tag team matches. You're not doing shit with these motherfuckers. 
And that and that shit, that shit that that shit hits me in a certain way because I could I I was always feeling that they were one of the top tag teams. You know, we're gonna get into that though. We're gonna get into the tag team and all that other shit. But um revisiting backlash. One of the first things that happened at Backlash was Samoa Joe and his subliminals to AJ Styles. <laughs> what did he say? This is why I think Samoa Joe is one of the best, bro. One of the fucking best. We put it up on um on our shit on Instagram. So once he said, a little time to celebrate with his family, he just looked at the camera like, like really? Smirk, like a little smirk? Like with a really? Meme hug, with a meme mug, like my nigga, I'm coming for you. Really, dogs? Dogs. Samoa Joe, they put him on commentary, golden. Put him in the yeah. ring with anybody, golden. Put the mic in his hand while he in the ring, golden, bro. This right here is probably one of the most, oh man, one, one of the most diverse talents they probably have within the company itself. I can't wait, bro. I can't wait for him to come back. I hope when he does, he doesn't get injured again. He's been kind of off the ring for the past, like, year. Maybe 30 40% of the time he was in the ring and he wasn't because of injury and stuff like that. Maybe that prolonged his career a little bit, him not taking all the bumps and all the other shit that he's been doing. But... This is this is one guy, man. This is one guy right here that you can have, even as like a a mid card champion or maybe the champion. But Samoa Joe had he he checks off all the boxes, bro. For sure, if he does come back to wrestle, but even on his on his announcer bag, like he can be that Jerry Lawler. He can be He's better than that. He can be that Jesse the Body Venture. What I'm trying to say is like he can be that that former wrestler. Yeah. That calls the matches, that's able to get spicy yep. with the wrestlers, you know, as a commentator. Yep. Yeah, he you know, he got that swag and shit. You know, he got that melanated swag, that shit you just born with. <laughs> that shit you just wake up and that shit is just fire. Yep. You know, so yeah, I know. I know that's your boy. That's my you guy, right? Advocated there. for for Samoa Joe. Listen, always, always, and forever will, bro. Because I I gotta see that WWE Championship belt around, around, either around his waist or across his fucking shoulder, bro. That shit just looks right. It looks right, bro. It just looks right. But uh, coming through with the wash rag. You know what I'm saying? Bom bom bom, bom bom. Yo, and you know what? His entrance music, you know what it's um it's inspired by, right? Um hmm. it's his favorite, it's his favorite song of all time. Think about what is it. it. I'm listening. Bow, 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 bow. Get the fuck up. Bow, 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 bow. Get really? the fuck up. Throw your hands in the sky. Boo, 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 boo. 
Oh shit, Pharrell Munch. Yes, hip hop head, hip hop head. Okay, but, uh, I can see it. I can see it. Revisit? No, no, because he he loves uh, he loves hip hop and Godzilla, so it, it all tied in together. Wasn't he doing karaoke at Wale shit? Yeah, yeah. I well, we have it up on our on our Instagram. I was there. What song was that? That was uh, Jay Z. I think it was. Well, that was a shit with Jay Z and, and um Just Blaze. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is O. Right. To the OB. Yeah. That was uh PSA, right? Nah, nah. Was it PSA? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, was yeah. PSA. Yeah. yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. But uh, after that, you know, we have a couple of things within Backlash. Uh, what's your thoughts on Edge versus Orton? Not the greatest match in the world. I mean, I'm not even a friend. That was like one of the only matches that I actually watched in uh, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It was a long ass match, um, but it was a good match. But while I'm watching it, I did have a couple of thoughts. One of those thoughts. Talk, being, talk to me. When when was it that Edge became? Edge. A top level talent. Okay. Because so when I was watching wrestling, he was definitely a mid carter. Okay. And then watching that match, while I do agree that he was like selling shit and, you know, he was looking defeated and he was looking hurt, you know, yes. definitely. But I don't think he was really doing anything special in that ring. I feel like okay. most of that match. It was controlled by Randy Orton. Um, and obviously, you know, he was... Orton does a lot of cool shit in the ring. Yeah. I really fucks with it. Like, I, I fucks with his style of wrestling. Like, he's, like, sneaky and dickheadish and shit. Like, I like that. Like, I, you know, I appreciate that style of wrestling. Um, but, yeah, there was just really nothing special about Edge to me at all. Well, a lot of Edge's single run came in when you weren't watching. What, after Stone Cold left? I mean, Stone Cold was there a little bit. You know, you also had Brock Lesnar there. Uh, even Hogan with his reemergence of the yellow and red at one moment. But I feel like when you see Edge, from when you were watching, you see Edge and Christian. You see tables, ladders, and chairs. You see the Dudley boys, the Hardy boys. Them going against the New Age Outlaws and shit like that. That fucking iconic era of tag team wrestling. You know what I'm saying? That's what you see. You didn't get to see um, Edge versus Undertaker at WrestleMania. You didn't get to see Edge cashing in money in the bank on Cena. You know what I'm saying? Like, you didn't... You know, there was a lot of shit that you didn't really get to see. Edge versus fucking Eddie Guerrero. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of shit I feel like you need to go back on in order to feel appreciate what the edge. Yeah, not even only appreciate edge, but to appreciate the moment. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of people talk about how how is this the the greatest could, could even be labeled the greatest match ever. But you gotta understand too, it's like this is a different generation. You know what I'm saying? 
this is a generation you got Edge and Orin, right? This is a generation that grew up on not only Edge and Orin, but grew up on John Cena, grew up on J- Dave Dave Batista, grew up on the Edgeheads. The Edgeheads were fucking uh, Zach Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. You know, just grew up on 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 a different on a different plateau. You know what I'm saying? Like a, a whole different roster. Like, if you look at the roster from, I think it was, there's a picture, like, 2009, 2010. You have JBL, uh, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Rey Mysterio, Edge, um, Randy Orton, Ric Flair. Like, yo, like, that collective right there, there was a whole lot of young and old collective that I don't see in wrestling right now. You know what I'm saying? And I'll go back to AEW. Like, I love AEW, bro, because I love what they're doing with the tag team division because I love tag team wrestling. That's just me. But they're they're doing a lot more progressive shit and not going into what a wrestling match is, you know, with the psychology, with the selling, and not only making yourself look good, but you make the other person look good as well in, in, in defeat or in, in, a, in a win. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, if we're going to go back and forth with moves, fly and jump all over the fucking place, what the fucking, what, what's the ref doing there then? You know, like the ref, the ref doesn't really have a place anymore. And that's what I loved about the Edge and Orton match. The ref had a place. They didn't do all these all these flying moves. They did mad moves in the ring. A whole bunch of like, dude, they did a whole bunch of moves I haven't seen in like forever, like an arm <laughs> drag. Like, how how long has it been since you seen like double arm drags and fucking you know just just, just simple shit like that, bro? That made Orton, the match more than what it was. Orton did this kind of like. Orin did a drop kick. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's just like little things like that, bro. Little he things did, like, like that. some kind of like backbreaker, neckbreaker type shit. When oh, he, like, that, it was a backbreaker turned into a neckbreaker, and was that, and that right there is psychology. Because at the end of the day, you as a fan looking in this match, I can't believe he did that shit. He knows Edge has a bad neck. Why would he do that? That's psychology, right? And this is why, like, this match could be considered a great match. Not one of the greatest, but a great match. For sure. It was a really good match. And just the way they told the history of professional wrestling through the match, bro. Did you did you did you see that? Or did that kind of like go over you a little bit? As far as what? Them telling the the history of professional wrestling through like great matches did that kind of go over your head um why because i because a couple of the moves that they did like there's a the couple finishers, of moves they did like the, i saw uh, the grippler all those moves kind of in in tied to their career so then you have edge doing the rock bottom you know they both had fucking um matches with with the rock you have uh, what's his name? Randy Orton doing the Olympic Slam. 
giving tributes to Ric Flair with the with the with the slaps, like the flare chops, doing the the arm drags. Steamboat was known for arm drags. These are people that are known to have great matches, like Steamboat and Flair, Steamboat and Savage, Rock, Rock and Austin. You know, and then then just telling telling stories of different matches and intertwining it with their matches. Mm. It might just be it might just be me looking a little too in too in depth within the match itself, but I feel that they did a lot that we don't see in matches anymore, bro. We don't yeah, see like the selling. Like that old school, like in the beginning, they they had like the strong man kind of thing. Yeah, they had the walk up and shit. And then, you know, yeah, that's what, and, and, and I'm watching that, and I'm just looking at Edge, and I'm just like, yeah, it's like an Edge. How you get here? Like, <laughs> well, I'm telling yeah. you, gotta, you got to look did back. He get, how, did he, how did he get a part of the greatest match of all time? Like, because Randy Orton at least has one of the greatest finishing, finishers oh, of all time. Of all time. Of all time. You and know, Edge did disappear. You know, but but this yeah. is why I'm telling you, bro. You gotta go back. You gotta go. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll do some homework. Yeah, you gotta do the homework, and you know, shout out to them, bro. Shout out to them for giving us uh, a genuine wrestling match that was great. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna call it. I'm not gonna say it's the greatest, but it was a genuine wrestling match that was great. Like, was it even? Was it even their greatest match? Was it their like, greatest match? Vision, like, is that Orton's greatest match or Edge's greatest match? I think the best match I ever seen Orton in was this one. Really? And wow. why I would say this one is because Orton has been known as that nigga, bro. Like, yeah. he, he does this shit in his sleep. But with Edge there, I felt like he had some type of, like, will come over him where he wanted to be the best at the moment. Mm-hmm. And when or when Oren gets into that mind state, bro, where he knows, not only that he knows he's the best, but wants to prove it, dude, it's... It's crazy. That's why I call Orton, and I'm going to say it right now. He's the MVP of the year. Fuck what's going down in AEW. Fuck everything that's going down in WWE or anywhere else for that matter. What Orton's been doing during quarantine has been phenomenal, bro. Through promos, through him being this sadistic. like He's, he's taking a little bit of like his past with the Legend Killer. Mixing it, mixing it with his present and bringing us this new found character in Randy Orton. It's it's phenomenal, bro. I whatever Orton's doing, just keep doing it. He doesn't even need the fucking belt, bro. And he He's said like, it. I'm not here for that. He's like, I'm the greatest. I was a part of the greatest match ever, and he's going off for of that shit. He's about to be the NXT killer. Well, let's see what happens there because if he goes to NXT 
and he has a run with Champa, I'm telling you, bro. It'll be fire. But so he was he was doing some interview and he was going in. You know, he went in on Champa a little bit. He talked about the leg slaps. You know, on every fucking move, you hear the fucking leg slaps, niggas clapping their cheeks and shit. <laughs> um, but one thing that he said in all that was kind of interesting to me. He went and he started talking about the money. Okay. So he started talking about the money basically that somebody on Raw and SmackDown would make versus someone on NXT. Okay. You know I'm saying he talked about, he basically said, he's like, I'm going out on a limb here, but I guess that my WrestleMania paycheck was bigger than the TakeOver guy's paycheck. Clearly, <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to argue with him on that. Nah. You know what I'm saying? But nobody's going to argue. The fact that, uh, you know, he's talking about their pay and shit, you know what I'm saying? And, and basically, it is true because I guess he was answering a question that. Should wrestlers like their goal be to go to NXT? You know what I'm saying? And he's like, you know, if that's your goal, that's fine. But your goal should be to be on that raw SmackDown roster. Of course. But everybody looking from the outside in, it's gonna be first step NXT. You're not going straight to the main roster anymore, bro. It's impossible. You're not going straight to the main roster anymore. It's not happening. Especially with the talent that NXT has. All that talent should be at the main roster before anybody comes in. They ain't nobody better, bro. Nobody better. And nobody's going to tell me different. Nobody's going to tell me different. No, indeed. There's a lot. I'm sorry, my brother, but uh, there's a lot of talent within the independent circuit. But if they can't get through NXT, they don't belong in the main roster, regardless of color and creed, bro. I'm going to say that shit just like that, bro, because there is so much. One of the best in NXT, Velveteen Dream, bro. He needs to win that NXT title and make it his own before he goes into the main roster. I feel like that's the bridge for him right there. And he's going to do it because he's too fire, bro. He's too too fire. fire. Too fire. But uh, in AEW, I like how their their, their emphasis on tag team wrestling. How they open and close the show with tag team wrestling. Love it. Uh, Ricky Starks, shout out. Big, big shout out to Ricky Starks, man. Uh, Ricky Starks was uh, was the guy that was facing Cody. For okay. The TNT title. Um, I've been I've been looking I've been like really researching him since he was in uh, NWA Power. He was their uh, TV champ. He was the NWA TV champ. When they brought back the belt, try to get, you know, try to get an interview with homie, but he hasn't said anything back. But now he's in AEW, so that shit is a wrap. <laughs> but um, yeah, shout out to Ricky Starks. He looked great in the ring. But one thing I took away from that whole segment 
you know, Arn Anderson is telling Cody, like, yo, you need to slow down. You're over here asking for, asking for people. I don't think you should be facing for the title right now. You know, you got to, like, ease up. And then he talked about Ricky Starks. And he said, this is a great competitor. This is somebody that could be challenging, and it's worth the challenge. But you, but you can hone your skills. When somebody's telling you that you can hone your skills, what is that? That's basically you just practicing what you need to do in order to face somebody better, right? So at the end of the day, what is Cody and Arn Anderson doing? Are they looking through talent that will make a good match, but they know that Cody's going to win? So if you're handpicking the talent, how is this an open challenge? Can I say something? Yeah, definitely. I think Cody needs to get on his super, super heel shit. It's about to happen. I see it. Talking about Triple H aggression era. Yep. It's it's going to happen. In the golden era, I don't know what they call that. Oh, the attitude era. Yeah. It's gonna like super villain, like super hard, like be fucking like super hated. It's gonna like happen. He has it, bro. He like his promo skills are are amazing. And yeah. honestly, like, yeah, I feel what you're saying. Like they, they, you know, that title's still ugly, by the way. Um oh they haven't changed it yet, right? All right, cool. I don't know. I think I see like the letters coming. No, 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 no. Ain't shit. Ain't shit changed. That that title's not gonna change. They said it was supposed to be gold play. That shit ain't gonna change. They're gonna like a straight replay. But I feel like Cody has this opportunity to be like the greatest villain, like way better than him. Hell yeah! But he's so good as a villain. Yeah. Seen any of his runs in WWE? He's so good as the villain. For and real. I feel like, you know, just those little hints here and there, like aren't talking to him, like, yo, nah, not this guy. Yo, face this guy. And him saying, hone your skills, like shit like that. Like, I see that. And I see what's going on with not only the Bucks, but with uh, FTR. You know, FTR looks heel. And then when it comes to the Bucks, they're saving the Bucks, like, that that shit that shit just looks mass suspect, and listen, Cody and FTR together, that'll be dope. Yeah, that'll be dope. That'll be fucking dope. So dope. dope. Um, so I know, like you know, we spoke about the whole four horsemen shit. Yeah. So when talking about the whole four horsemen thing with Cody. Um, cause you know, like when he flashed the sign, he get yeah, it. yeah. Do you think they would be able to pull off another version of the Four Horsemen in AEW, where it would actually like have meaning? I think that they could put off a stable resembling the Four Horsemen that could have meaning, but they would need the right people in order to do so. And I feel like Cody and himself 
and the revival, just those three, and them being such like wrestling fans in their own in their own state, they'll be able to to to, to make it happen. They'll be they'll definitely be able to make it happen. I wouldn't know who would be the fourth member. I'll tell you the shit off the bat. Maybe I'm they'll gonna. use Ty Dillinger because he's with uh he's with uh Blanchard, Tully Blanchard, but I can't see him fitting into that three. Brad does. Nah. Dustin. He he's 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 too he's too far from an original character. Like he's still he had good the ring though. Yeah, no, no, definitely. And I love the fact that, you know what he's doing? He's selling. Yeah, bro. You know, him selling in the ring with people that just likes to go 130,000 miles a minute makes the match look better. Yeah. But he can't be part of that that stable, bro. Like, he's so far gone towards, like, you know, like the pageantry of it. Wearing makeup and all that other shit. He can't be regular. You know what I'm saying? Nigga want to be gold dust so bad. Yo, red dust, my nigga. Red dust. We out here. Shout to Dustin. Uh, Did you watch NXT? I did not. All right. So, last week on NXT, we had Finn call out Keith Lee. Telling him, when you're done playing house, come see me, my nigga. I'm out here. I want to take your belt. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then you had Killer Cross call out Adam Cole. Letting him know that his time is basically almost up. So in NXT, we got a triple threat for the North American title. Because they all came out looking for beef. You know, Finn came out, Gargano came out, uh, Keith Lee came out when Cole, you know, Cole was talking his shit. Mm. So we got the new age, Lord Alfred Hayes and Steven Regal talking about that we have a triple threat match for the North American Championship and Gargano, Lee, and Balor. And the winner of that faces Cole for both titles. This is why I don't like this. Oh, you don't? No, I don't. I understand. Big match feel. All that shit. Pretty dope. Cool. But having a a double, double championship match, like you basically take out your mid card. You don't have three belts. You only have two single belts. Why have one person hold two belts? You know what I'm saying? Because if they lose, whatever the stipulation may be, either they lose one or two, they still lose a little steam, regardless of who they are winning, you know, having the titles. In that regard of Adam Cole, Adam Cole is a fucking star. He made the NXT title more than what it was at the moment of him winning it. And I also think that this is where you bring in Karrion Cross, right? So let's say... Killer. Yeah. <laughs> Killer! <laughs> I like that. Let's say 
Lee wins the triple threat match to face Adam Cole to see who's going to be double champ. I feel like this is where you bring in Karrion Cross to make sure that Adam Cole stays champion, not stays champion with another belt, but just stays champion, right? right. This is where you make the ref more synonymous with the match. And I feel that it should be that way because Karrion Cross has the most fucking push right now going over towards that type of main event for, for August for when they do another takeover. They shouldn't waste it on television. You know, have these dope matches. Yeah, yeah, triple threat for the North American and then, you know, that other the other championship and the double shit. Yeah, cool. Save that. Yeah, yeah, why not? Save it for fucking um, TV. But at the end of the day, your match, your moneymaker match, is Karrion Cross versus Adam Cole for the NXT title. Not for two titles. For the NXT title. Make it what it is. The most important shit there. You know what I'm saying? And I just don't think that having Balor coming in with a title, let's say, for example, going against Cole, maybe winning or defeating Cole, going into a, a match with Karrion Cross. Like I, I still put him in this in this uh variable because it's like what he did last week can't be unseen, bro. Like, he told Adam Cole, your time is up, my man. I'm coming for you. So how are you going to make that shit worth nothing just to, like, try to rival AEW and, and their next event coming? Nah, don't try to rival that shit. Just do what you do, bro. I feel like Triple H sometimes is trying to up, in, uh, up one up the competition, but he just needs to do what he got to do, bro. Because what you've been doing the last five, six years, you've been winning, brother. Keep that mold going. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, it's just <clears throat> killer. He's, yeah, he's, he's dope. Yeah, I Dude, that's, and the, that's the next best thing right now. I just think like, do, do we give him the title right away? Like, why not? Why not? <clears throat> There's been a lot of people that got the title right away, bro. Why not? I mean, you can give it to him. I just feel like not yet, right away, yet. From not yet. Like, build the rivalry. You know what I'm saying? Like, build from that shit. We got two months. We got two months to build. Let them build. Exactly. Yeah. You know Don't turn yeah. that into like some some makeshift double. Nah, fuck all that shit. Let let New Japan hold that double title shit, and what they doing out there. Nah, let let's do something different out here. Let let's keep on telling stories and keep people engaged in NXT. You know what I'm saying. Killer. <laughs> But uh, besides all that, yo, what you been listening to? Have you listened to anything new lately? 
I sent you some shit, actually. A couple of days ago. I don't know if you heard it. What? The fucking... Um, don't the tell little, me... The, 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 the freco? Nah, not, yo, that, that freco shit, that's that uptown shit, my nigga. That's when you out there, you want to get a jar real quick and some hookah, like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm weird with music, bro. That was a that was a good song. Yeah, he's really spitting. Yeah, which is dope. But I feel like he's always he's always spit like that. But everybody's paying attention more now. That's powerful mumble rap right there. Yeah, yeah. That's that powerful mumble rap right there. That's that's a new. He just Yo. he just oh he just started a whole new genre, bro. He brought the mumble rap, but when you can when you can understand him, he's saying some powerful shit. Like oh shit. Nah, he's saying he, some shit. Like he's not he's not just out there just like you know whatever. Every couple years, or every so amount of years, hip hop will come together and. Like show love to a particular rapper. Yeah. Whether it's deserving or not, they do it. I feel like Lil Baby is about to be like You're about next, to be that nigga, bro. The next one that everybody's just is jacking. Mm-hmm. I seen a tweet that somebody wrote, one of these rappers wrote. It's like, yo, just give give Lil Baby the gram. <laughs> And then I seen somebody else, another rapper tweet like, "Yo, little baby's about to be the new little wing." Oh my god! And I'm like, he's been getting like so much attention probably the past couple months and shit. And I'm like, yo, they they just need somebody, man. Hip hop is always they always need somebody. They always looking and trying to grab something. So I, I you know, he's popping already, but but I think he's about to be like bigger than Dub Baby. I know, no, but what what about this nigga right here though? Hold on, hold on. Kills on the page. Bobby? Wait, 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 wait. That's what that's who you thought it was, right? Una freca por ahí. Yo, this nigga said, you're so swappy. Yo, yo, <laughs> this nigga said, Yo soy suave. El hombre de la vuelta. But <laughs> clubs ain't even open yet, my nigga. Like, I can't vibe to that in my headphones and be home. My nigga, all you need to do is go outside and walk. That ain't it, Chief. Not right now. <laughs> Maybe in the afties. Or some shit, some yo, random dude, fucking that name. shit, yo, that that shit's gonna hit hard soon, bro. That shit's gonna hit hard soon, and he got French on it. Forget about it. <laughs> I guess he got French on it. <laughs> Forget about it. I didn't even make it to French's verse. How about it, that? It's okay, bro. It's a whole bunch of porqueria that's is being going on in that shit. But that shit right there is gonna hit, bro. I'm telling you, especially uptown. That's what I'm saying. If the PR parade and the DR parade was popping. My nigga, that shit would have been. My nigga, Camilla would have been fucking running that shit back thirty five thousand times. 
Yo, speaking of Camelo, my um <clears throat> my sponsor, uh-huh, Mr. Wave. Oh yeah, he got something going on with Camelo. This nigga. I guess Camelo does like this like quarantine radio shit. Yeah, it's pretty he'll, dope. He'll spend on his live for like yeah. three hours, whatever. So his last quarantine session was sponsored by Mr. Wave. Nice. So this nigga Camelo's on the john with fucking with the jars, like showing the jars and showing the the, the roll up trays. Yeah, like he was like, it said sponsored by Mr. Wave. He had all his shit all over the place. Nice. I'm like, damn, the sponsors out here. And then he's like, they get Freca. into it. Demolo Freca. Freca yeah. <laughs> for real. Fuck. That's fine. Um, but um, yo, listen, uh, yesterday was 24 years since the war report, bro. We should play something like that. That's my favorite album. I um there's a couple of songs. Uh I got um Channel 10. Channel 10 is fucking amazing. Go with Channel 10, bro. Uh that that's stop beating. I go back in time, let your heart beat again. Real niggas. Yo, if they were like, yo, we're gonna send you to this island. You know, you can only bring one album with you. You bringing the war report? I'm bringing the war report, bro. I just I love that fucking album. Yo, shout that out should make that. me cry, bro. <laughs> shout out to that boom bap. He was like, "Yo, so is this the best duo album?" I was like, "To be honest, I don't know if I could call it the best duo album because, like, don't you think Mob Deep got two to rival that? At least well, like, two murder albums. Music. Murder music and Infamy. I mean, not Infamy. Uh, the Infamous. No, yeah, no." Definitely. It's just, it's a personal thing for me. That's what I said. I was like, you know what? This album hit harder for us because it was closer to home. For sure. For sure. So Beautiful thing, man. Yeah, it's a a personal thing for me. So You know what? I know that's it. That's your favorite album of all time. You pick the song, bro. Which one you want to, which one you want to hear? Podcast ends. And then all of a sudden you hear. Right? That, that's the joint right there. Yeah. Y'all stop beating. I'll go back in time. Let your heart beat again. Real niggas to the end. Yo, Nori was spitting like he was rapping about Capone. Being like, locked up and him being by himself. That nigga was spinning, like that nigga was spinning. So, yeah, let's let's do that. Live on, live long. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna do that one. Um, damn, bro. Twenty four years, b. It's crazy. Fucking years, crazy. But you know what? This podcast is only about two and a half years old. <laughs> but um, man, it's once again, years. my guy. Ya tú sabes, estamos aquí. Dímelo freca, dímelo freca. Dímelo freco, I'm here, estoy aquí. I got my gloves on, dime. But yeah, man, this is uh, 
20 by 20 podcast and this was episode 109 yes 109 and be on the lookout because once the fucking fall comes we're coming back with a a survivor series panel that's gonna rival every other panel ever done so we out here my name is nathan mcfly with Shenigo Woodrow, man. Shout out to the Nation of Domination. Shout out to Los Boricuas. Shout out to Los Dominicanos. We out here, bro. You know what? Shout out to Theo Savio. We need you on the show. Theo Savio, what's good, man? Put put down the boiled platinum that my girl be eating. Put down the guineo, bro. Yeah, for real. (laughs) Guineo's fire. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. You already know, man. This is what we do. You already know. Love who you love. As my boy Woodrow say, we out. Peace. Peace. I know you left for going up creek soon. You know my ad scar, write me letters, keep me in tune. I still remember when we first met. Yo, it was up north, I had the Iraq flag. Your Conrad with you rag, your A-Rag. Damn, son, how you get caught? Sometimes I look back and think the shit is my fault. Cause it was me, God body, had to dead that pork. I went at them and clapped them up after we fought. Then the beef got deeper than what they clicked off. People bucket head, leather Wally head, thoroughbred. Doing this with two shorty sleeping in the same bed. So what up, huh? Nigga, I can't zone without you. I think about you up at night without my air light. Shine like broad daylight, the babe right. So if your heart stop beating, I go back in time. Make your heart beat again. Real niggas to the end. We try to succeed. Niggas smoke weed. Contemplated. Dedicated to real niggas that can relate it. If your heart stop beating, I go back in time. Make your heart beat again. Real niggas to the end. Yo, we succeed. Niggas smoke weed. Contemplated. Dedicated to real niggas that can relate it.